Welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. What happens when two become one? As two lives are joined together in marriage, do your strengths and weaknesses get joined together and amplified? Hello and welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast. I'm Gary Cole and I will be your host for this episode. In each episode of the Connect to podcast, we will be tackling questions that couples ask about marriage, communication, conflict, and so much more. We hope you will keep tuning in to learn with us as you grow closer, deeper, and stronger in your marriage. Today, we're continuing our focus on communication and conflict by delving into the topic of strengths and weaknesses. What's one plus one? Your answer will be two, right? Well, here's a new thought. Within marriage, where one is the husband and one is the wife, as husband and wife, we should end up with three, not two. Huh? <laughs> what does that mean? Our strengths combined always results in more. So the million dollar question is this. How do we multiply our strengths in our marriage? Today, we have Frankie and Tina Tan joining us and sharing their experience with all of us listeners. Welcome, Frankie and Tina. Hi, Gary. Hi, Gary. Hello, everyone. I'm Frankie and I'm a public servant. With me here is my wife, Tina. She's a social worker by training and a stay-at-home mom, and also a parent coach. We have been married for 20 years, and we have three boys aged 19, 18, and 13. Three boys, all very <laughs> close. They must have been a handful when they were growing up. Well, definitely transformative for us as parents, <laughs> I would say. But which brings us to our topic for today, you know, mm-hmm. one plus one equals three. And how do we leverage on our strengths that we have uh, as a couple? so that we make our relationship thrive rather than just barely survive. First of all, we are very thankful that it is not difficult for us to find shared similarities in many areas. And with our shared similarities, it also naturally became our shared strengths. So that's our starting point. Um, We don't necessarily look at our weaknesses, but we want to focus on how we can leverage on our strengths. For example, our preferred foods, which are typically very healthy, our hobbies, we both like to be in outdoors, cycling, and even in our work, we both work around young people. Tina started out as a social worker working with youth at risk, and I was an educator in school, also a volunteer in the youth centre, that's how we met. So all along, our emphasis has been very much on mentoring and coaching. So it's good to have, uh, Elisa, some similar goals in this whole journey of your marriage? Yes, for sure. And you mentioned that uh, you all have similar foods and healthy food. <laughs> my wife and I have similar food, but not healthy food. <laughs> yeah, but in your marriage, I mean, even just having that similar goals in mentoring and helping, how do you all write on each other's strengths in doing the work together? I think quite early on, even in my journey working with youth at risk, I ended up working with those that are near to school dropouts, and then it just happened that they're all boys, right? So, and I was actually quite comfortable working with boys. Somehow, my colleague would work with the girls and I would work with the boys. I was developing an adventure program and all of that. And interestingly, right, so after I knew Frankie, he came on as an active volunteer for some of our adventure outings. And because he is very fit, you know, he's an educator, just the two of us together standing there made such a powerful impact to these at-risk boys. After that, their respect for me shot through the roof kind of thing, right? And when they see me, they'll ask me how is my fiancé or my boyfriend or whatever because he was such a model of uh, a man and someone that they could relate to, so very personable. So it was these early glimpses of 
me realizing that wow, even though we do youth work and in such separate extreme, he's like in a junior college and I'm with the almost going to drop out of school type. When we come together, there is actually such a greater influence in the youth's lives and we're actually still achieving the same goal that we wanted to, but then we become more powerful in that outreach. So I think that started us with that excitement on seeing how our strengths can actually combine to have even more impact. But how do you all decide in, in a situation like that? Who does what? Because since it's something both of you enjoy doing, um, how do you all like sort of, okay, you assign each other specific roles or is it just natural or you all have to figure out as well? I guess sometimes it's an organic opportunity. So for example, like with youth at risk work, that's obviously my job, right? But then there are volunteer opportunities. So he can't come every time I go into school. But when we have the camps, when we have the adventure programs, and we, I need volunteers anyway, right? So he comes in uh, with a legitimate role and there's an opportunity there. Yeah, for other things, for example, in our church or sometimes in our community, we do a lot of outreach to couples as well, to fathers, to mothers. And those platforms, sometimes it's him fronting it and then he would find an opportunity for me to come along. So sometimes even sharing with, say, a group of dads, you know, I would come to support him. And then I'll be able to share from a perspective of a mother that will also encourage and inspire the, the fathers and say things that a man cannot say. There are things like that where, like I say, it happens organically, it happens opportunistically, but we have to avail ourselves to those opportunities. I think it comes from a platform where we don't say, oh, that's your thing, you go, then I can go and rest and do my thing, right? But we always find like opportunities to tag along, more to support, and then sometimes because we are there, an opportunity arises for us to have the chance to do more than one person's job. And I guess because we have a, very much a mentoring and coaching heart, we tend to observe things and ask ourselves how can the situation be better? Yeah, as Tina mentioned, it's quite natural and quite organic when we see that the situation requires each one of us to step up. Like in the youth at risk scene, Tina used to work with a lot of boys. So naturally when I'm in the midst, the boys will be drawn to me. We bring them out for adventure, activities, the boys will come and ask me about, hey, how do you become so fit? Can you share some tips here and there? So as we talk, we are sharing life, we are coaching and mentoring them, there and then, and also preparing for the future. In other aspects, for example, we used to serve in a community play group when we were living in Australia, when our kids were still young. It's also an opportunity for us both to be there fronting it and leading by example to have parents watching over the kids. So playgroup tend to have a lot more mothers bringing their kids. So as a father, when I come, I'm also there to represent the father figure. So that helps to also get couples to maybe encourage their husbands to come. Not every week, but maybe some, some of the weeks. So it's a very wholesome picture for us to have both father and mother doing their parenting role. That's and, and, fantastic. And I think just I'm just hearing you all sharing the same thing over and mentoring, coaching. There's some there's definitely a similarity there and interest there. But how do we bring it into your own family? I mean, you have three boys. Obviously, children, I'm quite sure they're quite different also in personalities and interests. How do you all bring this whole concept of having different strengths in their parenting journey? I think similarly, it's like organic. And also, I think having that mindset that we don't distinguish specifically like okay discipline is your role and then like nurturing is my role or feeding them is my role and then uh, playing with them is your role i think a lot of families couples tend to do that somehow maybe they feel that they are stronger in one suite and therefore they pick that one suite that they are stronger at 
for us, I think it's really building into the children how we know best. So there are many times where I might have an idea or I realise like, okay, this type of discipline is not working with one particular child. So we actually have separate discussions or sometimes it's on the spot with that child. I will try a new thing or I will start to say a different approach and then we observe one another and sometimes we take it separately. Sometimes it's heated, of course, because we're like, you know, you shouldn't do that or whatever, but we try not to argue but later we'll take it back and we try to be teachable you know we say hey, well, how, why did you do that or you know why you can't do that because blah 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 and we have our disagreements separately but then with a heart to sort of learn and say but it's true you actually managed to get through to the children more than me and then I, I have to figure how to hold back how to hold my tongue how to tone down my volume then he has to learn how to speak when he needs to speak so we have different strengths at the same time weaknesses that come out sometimes and it's our ability to put the children's interests at heart, I think, and realise that we want to nurture them in a specific way. And if any of us are doing a, a method that doesn't work, uh, we don't want to be doing that, right? So we have to be open and humble to listen to the other person, work it out. Sometimes both don't know also. So we tap onto resources if we have, ask people, pray a lot, you know, for us, we are, mm. we are believers. So uh, seek counsel and then um, adjust ourselves. And a lot of ups and downs like trial and error actually. And I think it's also helpful because having three kids means you really have to cover each other. You know, if you have one, you can say, oh, mommy does this, daddy does this. But when you have three, you really have to cover. When one is busy with one or two, the other person naturally have to do many other things, you know, with the other boys. So I guess that really helps us to having to build ourselves up so that we can be effective in covering one another and to be really a tech team. Yeah, we always call ourselves a tech team so that we don't play each other out, but we uplift each other and equip ourselves so that we can manage all the three boys and grow with them, their differing needs over time. That's really good. I think I, what I'm hearing from you all is the, besides coaching, that the two of you have that similar goal in parenting, in your community, outreach, helping young people, maybe for couples who are starting out like and just hearing this podcast and just wondering what can we do? How can we have that kind of model? What are some suggestions that you all have for someone like that? A lifetime of love and romance requires intentional effort and attention. Yet in times of busyness and with overwhelming priorities to tend to, our marriages can often take a back seat. No matter the state of your relationship today, we want to help you and your spouse thrive. Check out Connect2, featuring specially created experiences and resources, our favourite selection of articles, top hits on our podcast, date ideas, conversation starters and more to address the issues that are keeping you and your spouse apart and to help you rekindle the joy of pursuing one another. Visit www.family.org.sg slash connect to today. I think one of the easy ways, right, is to love the strengths in your spouse. You know, a lot of times we highlight our own strengths. We sort of know their strengths, but we know their strengths more to complement our weaknesses. So it's like, let me delegate to you. <laughs> You're good at that, but I delegate because that's not what I'm good at. So we don't actually adore their strengths or like say, well, that's something so amazing that I can learn from, I can observe, and then I can actually grow towards. Because I think when you do that, um, 
in many situations, you will start to highlight each other's strengths. And instead of saying like, okay, you go do that because you're so good at it, I will cheer you and support you from far away, you are there, you are present, and you actually grow in that area. Because the more you observe a really good model, right, which is your own chosen spouse, the more you actually have an immediate example to learn from. Yeah, and through this kind of journey, uh, there will be a lot of intersecting of roles and calling out opportunities where both of you can display those strengths. I think we would also say it's important to align our purpose rather than to look at daily tasks to sort of delineate who does what. So for example, like for us, our purpose, we were intentional from day one that we want to manage our children on our own instead of outsourcing them. So the commitment for Tina to be a stay-at-home mom is aligned to our purpose. may not be easy for her as we share with uh, other mothers and other families, but if the commitment and the purpose is clear, then you find that you will train yourself to do that. And as I see her committing herself to be a stay-at-home mom, even though it's not easy for her, all the more I want to step up to help her. So when I come back from work, I see her busy cooking. You know, first thing that I would do is to tidy up the house, reset the mess when the kids were young, so that the next day we can start the day afresh again. And then the boys can have fun, at the same time not worrying that the mess will accumulate over time. So it's really that purpose of wanting to parent ourselves, in this case, this example that I give, rather than trying to look at it on a task basis, which is not very scientific, so to speak. If you want to identify which area belongs to you, it's really the common purpose that you come together in marriage and align that, identify that, and opportunities that you can leverage your strengths to work towards the purpose. Thank you. Purpose, alignment and purpose. Um, for those listeners, you've been thinking, wow, this is like the perfect couple, you know, there are no problems in life. I have to say that's because we're focusing on multiplying strengths. In our next podcast, we'll be talking about converting our weaknesses to strengths. So we'll also hear from uh, both Frankie and Tina about the challenges, yeah? not just all the positive things. So you, in case you're listening today and you don't want to listen because you're too discouraged, they'll share from their hearts as well. Uh, what are some challenges that we all have in our marriage when weaknesses come in and then they magnify themselves in the marriage. Each podcast, we address a frequently asked question that couples have about marriage. Today's question is, I sometimes feel like my spouse is dismissive of my strengths just because he or she is better at more obvious things. So I tend to just become the background person, but I feel resentful of this role and I'm annoyed when my kids seem my spouse as the go-to person. What can I do to change this? I think it's really important to have open comms between husband and wife. At any point, if you're resentful of anything, please bring it up to your spouse and uh, always remember, you know, the vows that you shared, right, on your wedding day. You want to always be open. You want to go through thick and thin together. So even feeling lousy is important. And I'm sure if your spouse realised how you felt, they also won't want you to be in that position. Yeah, so don't let it fester. Don't wait till it becomes like a really heavy burden on you that is, you know, you can't talk about. Bring it up and see how you can be presented better. Maybe unwittingly, um, when your husband is playing or your spouse is playing to his strength in a certain way, that could be something that's a very high-profile job in the home or in the perspective of the children. So somehow they end up seeing that spouse as the primary go-to person, right? But it's just the way roles are, are evened out. And I think if you articulated it, there could be ways that they could bring you and your strengths up to the forefront. But you also have to do the uncomfortable thing, yeah? 
to be willing to come to the forefront and not just say you wanted to stay in the background and then after you get resentful for it, right? So you have to find a way to say, put yourself forward and say, hey, how do you want to contribute in a way that your children will then see you as someone really significant and integral and contributing to them? Yeah, don't be passive-aggressive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> totally, yes. Uh, thanks. Thank you so much. Uh, our time is, uh, is almost up. Maybe share with us your the final thoughts for couples who are also listening in and how they can multiply strengths in their own marriage. I think marriage is really more enjoyable when we leverage on each other's strengths. And for us, we also find it even more enjoyable when we look beyond ourselves. Don't just look at our own marriage, but also reach out to other couples, other families. Thank you so much for those final words from the two of you. I think uh, even for me being married person for how long? 20 over years. Uh, I, just hearing that is a reminder. Don't be inward looking, but to serve together as a couple. That's when we keep growing. Never stop growing as a couple. Well, if you're listening in with your spouse, take an extra five minutes at the end of this episode to share with each other how you feel about your teamwork. Does one feel overlooked? Do you feel pigeonholed into certain jobs? Are there things you'd rather not be the delegated person to handle? Or things both of you can work on together? We hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. Our next episode will be on converting weaknesses to strengths. So do tune in to hear the part two of our discussion on 1 plus 1 equals 3, multiplying strengths in marriage. If you're planning to tie the knot soon or know someone who is, do check out our upcoming Connect2 Marriage Preparation Program in November. You can visit us on our website at www.family.org.sg for more details. Thank you for tuning in. Do follow and subscribe to the Connect2 Podcast. Until next time, have a great week with your loved ones.